want to talk to you this afternoon about a, a topic that's been on my mind a lot in the last uh, six weeks, especially, um, and I guess really the last six months, or better, been thinking about it. We all have, uh, but it's something that, that's really been on my mind lately, and I want to preface our study, and the only way that I know how, uh, in a way that we should, I guess, every, every study and every topic that we look out. However, uh, it's very important today, and I want you to be certain of the fact that I tried my absolute best and made it my goal and my mission to look at this topic from a very unbiased standpoint, because we all have a bias, we all look at things differently, and I've tried my absolute hardest to look at this and not let my opinions get in the way, and to not let my political beliefs get in the way, or any other uh, factor influence our study this afternoon except for the Word of God. To simply look at the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about our topic this afternoon. And that is quarantine and the Christian. I think this is something we need to talk about. It's something we can't not talk about, seems like, all year. What does God say about quarantine for the Christian? Um, I think his opinions are pretty clear. I think his desires for us are pretty clear. If we'll look at the Word of God, just like with anything else in our life, we'll find an answer. And I want to pick up this afternoon where Brandon left off last week. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2, it says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so... Fulfill the law of Christ. We're told that we need to bear each other's burdens. We need to be there for each other. We need to help each other. This is something we try to do, is it not? But I want to be very clear in the fact that I cannot help you if I am not here. You cannot help me if you are not here. How are you going to bear my burdens if, if you're never around me? If you're not willing to spend time around me. Now let it be known that we live in a time, I guess, right now, where we've been told we can't be around each other. I understand that. I understand that. I'm not I'm not trying to say you shouldn't do you shouldn't isolate yourself if you get sick. I think we should all do that. That's what we're told to do. I think that's what we should do. If we can this afternoon, I want to look at this. And I want you to do one, one favor for me, if you will. If you can, for, for 20 minutes, I want you to forget that the coronavirus exists. Can you do that, Britt? I don't know if you can. It's going to be hard. <laughs> if you can, try this for 20 minutes. And let's look, at his, let's look at his word as if the coronavirus does not exist. Because I'm not sure that changes the law of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 33rd verse it says, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. We, we talk about this scripture, we read it a lot. It's important who you spend time with. Has that changed? That doesn't change because there's a virus going around. It's still important who we spend time with. The fact that evil companionship will corrupt good, good behavior still, still matters. It's still relevant today. Who you spend your time around with today matters. 
I want to spend my time around brothers and sisters. And I want you to understand, like I said, it's going to be hard. (laughs) Try to pretend it don't exist, but if for some reason today you get put in isolation, brothers and sisters, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't think this is going to have no effect on you spiritually. Do not be deceived because who we spend time around matters. And that works just as well if I say you don't need to spend time around these people because they're a bad influence on you. Or if I say you need to spend time around these people because they they will help you out. They will make sure that good things happen in your life. It goes both ways. Who we spend time around matters. And so I want you to think for just a minute. Imagine if I had to be completely alone, completely isolated for two weeks. Are there going to be some spiritual repercussions because of this? Is this something I need to be prepared for? Is this something that I need to be spiritually prepared for? Forget physical preparedness, a spiritual preparation. Because that's something that I want you to be prepared for. And finally, in Hebrews chapter 10, in the 25th verse here, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. It's important. It's important that we are here together today. From a spiritual standpoint, it's important that I be here. God wants me to know, He wants Zane to know that you need to be here at the assembling of the saints. And why does He say that? Does God want me to be here because He wants to know where I'm going to be? No. He wants me here because it's what I need. And it's what you need. And we'll talk about that later on in our study. You need me to be here as much as I need you to be here. So that we can bear one another's burdens. So that we have good influence. And so we can do right what it says here in, in verse number 24. Here's why God wants us to be together. It says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You know what happens if I don't come here? You know what happens if I won't assemble here with you today? If I don't get to see Bever, or if I don't get to see Bobby, you know what's going to happen to me? I'm not going to be as provoked unto love and to good works. I'm not going to be the Christian I need to be. He continues on the second half of the 25th verse and tells us why we need to be here. He says that the manner of some is to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But we need to exhort one another. You know what happens if I don't come and get to visit with Rick? I don't get the same amount of exhortation that I need. That I need. It's important that I'm here today so that I'm provoked to love and to good works. It's important that I'm here today so that I get the exhortation that I need. It's important that we come and worship God. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to leave that out. But it's important. God needs you here for the betterment of your own self. He says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know what happens? You know what would happen to me if I decided time and time again to forsake the assembling of the saints? You know what I'm going to start losing sight of? The returning of Christ. I need that exhortation. More and more as the day of Christ approaches. I need that. And you need that. 
Brothers and sisters, we need each other. You might say now more than ever. We need each other. I need to see you here. You need to see me here, whether you think so or not. We need each other. It's important that we have each other. It's important that we're provoked to love and to good works. It's important that we get that exhortation. It's important that we have that good communication, the good companionship that we have with the people here. God doesn't tell us this because for no reason. He tells us this for good reason. Because it's what's best for us. It's what's spiritually best for us. So I want to ask the question, is is isolation bad for a Christian? Is isolation bad for a Christian? This is not yes or no. I don't think it can be. It's not on or off. It's not yes or no. It's Eh, you know, it can be good at times. It can also be very, very bad. The reason I tell you this has been on my mind the last six weeks is, if you can guess what happened six weeks ago, I had the coronavirus. And I was isolated. And it was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was the least fun part about it for me, personally. I was isolated. And you know what? As I began to think and as I began to look back, I realized that I was prepared to have the coronavirus. Mentally, I was prepared to have that. And I did. And I wasn't surprised. But what I found out was I was not spiritually prepared to get the coronavirus. I was not spiritually ready for a time of isolation. And I think with some little tweaks and just a little bit of thought process and a little bit of preparedness that could have gone a lot better for me. The reason I want to talk to you about this this afternoon is because for me, and if you've gone through it, you might could identify, you may not, you might have thought it was a breeze. I felt like isolation made me take a small step away from God. Just to tell you the truth, I don't like saying that. That's just the way I feel. I feel as though I took a small step back and my relationship with God because of isolation. And I don't want that to happen to you. If you haven't and you may be in the future will be isolated. I don't want that to happen. I care about you. And I think with a little bit of preparedness. If and when you go through a time of quarantine or isolation. Or for whatever reason that might be. doesn't have to be because of a virus. You can end up closer to God rather than further from God. If you'll just think about a few things. So I don't know. It can be good. It can be bad. I want to highlight some of the potential blessings of isolation. You know, there are some good things that come out of isolation. There are some positives that can and possibly will come out of isolation for you. In 1 John chapter 2 it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. You know where I was for two weeks? Not out and about in the world. That's the last place I was. I wasn't out doing a bunch of other things. Wasn't out talking to people. There was very little opportunity for evil communication to corrupt good manners. I didn't have the chance. Let me tell you, a possible blessing that could come for you in, in isolation is 
you're not hearing those same conversations from, from people that have bad conversations you spend time with. You're not around those bad influences at work or at school. And if you allow me, you kind of get a break for a little while. That can be a good thing. Sometimes we need a little reset. Sometimes we need a spiritual reset. It's, it's possible that, that could be good for you. In 1 Corinthians 10, it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. God gives us that way of escape. In any temptation we have in life, in any situation you have in life, God's given you that, that way of escape. God's given you that back door. And it's possible, it's a potential blessing of isolation where God's saying, you know what, here's the back door. Come on in. Take a couple weeks off. You're going to be all right. Take a step back and reset for a little while. This could be good for you. You know, something I don't have a verse for is the blessing, the absolute blessing of time. It's a possible blessing of, of having all this free time here when you're in, in isolation. You go, look, I've got, a, I've got a couple weeks here. I can really get into the Word. I can spend a lot more time in the Scripture than I normally would. I can spend a lot more time in prayer than I normally would. There are some blessings that could come out of isolation. I don't want to overlook that. I got one more in Luke chapter 9. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. We've got time. Taking up your cross, following after Christ is a daily battle. And now we've got all this time to do that. We've got two weeks we can, where we're isolated and we can, we can search after God. And we can spend that time growing closer to Him, potentially. I don't want to overlook the fact that there could be some good things to come out of isolation. But there are some potential dangers as well. Dangers that I want you to be aware of. For many of you, you may have recognized these already. You may be smarter than me and more wise than me. I wouldn't doubt that for a second. And I might not surprise you with any of this. I don't reckon I will. But there are some dangers that can definitely come out of isolation. The reason I want to bring this up is because I think it will take many people by surprise. I think that we don't... If, you, if you're anything like me, you, you just... You realize one day, oh, I, I need to isolate for two weeks. Been around somebody who's sick. And we're not prepared for that period of isolation. In Proverbs chapter 11, it says, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. It's dangerous to not be around other Christians. It's a dangerous thing for a Christian. It's a dangerous thing to be out there on your own. It's a dangerous thing. Where no counsel is, the people fall. You want to know my biggest fear as a child of God? Failing. It's my biggest fear. Falling to temptation. Falling away from God. And we're told where there's no counsel, when we don't spend time around other Christians, when we don't get the counsel that we need, the people fall. It's the easiest time for us to fall. Don't take it from me. Take it from the scriptures. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. 
The biggest concern for a Christian happens when there is no counsel. Happens when you're alone. Happens when you're by yourself. Be aware. In Proverbs chapter 18, a very eye-opening verse for me says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against all wise judgment. Now, granted, I don't believe this is talking about a man who's isolated due to sickness. I don't think that's the case at all. I think this is someone who purposefully wants to be away from other Christians, who purposefully doesn't want to be around the children of God so he can do whatever he wants. Says he seeks his own desires. That's got to be the case in my mind. However, can the same thing not happen to you and I? When you get around yourself, there's no one watching, there's no one there. Isn't that when it's easiest to seek our own desires? To do whatever we want? School's out. We're having fun. It's a dangerous thing to me when I hear someone who who doesn't want to be around other Christians. Who doesn't want to be here. What waits around the corner is seeking your own desires. It's raging against wise judgment to not want to be around your brothers and sisters. Uh, Get out your Bible if you want. We're going to read a a few extra verses here that I didn't feel like copying and pasting on there. We'll start in the 14th verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we read a little bit here about the body of Christ. And about the importance of the members that make up the body of Christ. In the 14th verse there it says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together. Having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body. But that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer. All members suffer with it. Or one member be honored. All the members rejoice with it. You know, this scripture talking about the body, talking about the church, tells us how important each and every member is. Tell us that each and every member plays a vital role in the furtherance of the church. Brothers and sisters, to be quite honest with you, I'm just a little toe. 
on the foot of this congregation. And I'm proud to be here. Glad to be here. Let me tell you, you need a little toe. I like to think. We need the ears. We need the hearing. It's easy to sit back in a bunch of different contexts and go, yeah, I'm just, you know what, I'm just the ear. It's all I am. I rarely get clean behind. <laughs> I just thought of that, sorry. Here I am. I'm not important. It's easy to go, I'm, I'm just a foot. I'm just a hand. I'm just an eye. Kenneth, we need you here. I need you here. You got good ears. In the 25th verse, the one I've got here on the screen, says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. You know what that word there means? A split. A gap. It's important that we're all here together. It's important that we have one another. It's important that we got the ears and we got the eyes and we got the hands and the feet. For without them we have a gap. There's a hole. There's a chink in the armor. And we're vulnerable without each other. We need each other. We need each and every one here. There's no member less important than another. There's no member less honorable than another. And if you choose to isolate it, it harms the church. It harms me. And if I don't want to be here, it's going to harm you. Because we need the members. We don't need any gaps. We should have the same care one for another. Being here ready to bear one another's burdens. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. It's the whole, it's the whole point of the church. To be there. When one member suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoice, or one honored rather, we rejoice with it. Brothers and sisters, I don't care if you care about my opinions about a coronavirus. It makes no difference to me. And I, I don't guess I care about your opinions either. It makes no difference to me what your opinions are. What I do care about is your soul. What I do care about is the body of Christ. What I do care about is the furtherance of the church. I care about that. And I suppose you do too if you're here today. So I want to tell you today, be prepared or be warned. If you haven't had a quarantine period, if you haven't had any isolation, I want you to be prepared and I want you to be warned. I guess I su supposed or thought it would be a walk in the park when rather it was a spiritual test that had to be endured. In Ecclesiastes, the seventh chapter, it says, In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider... Stop and think. Be ready for it. You can be joyful in the day of prosperity, but whenever it comes time of adversity, you need to consider. Stop and think. Realize the situation that you're in. Realize how this can have effect on you spiritually. 
And Colossians 3 says, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Let me tell you, if you want to come out of a period of isolation stronger than when you went in it, here's your guide. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Have the right mindset. Be prepared. Be warned. Be ready. Have your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Not on two weeks off. Not on two weeks of television. But on a two-week opportunity for prayer and to get closer to God. Don't take it from me. Take it from the scriptures. In 1 Peter chapter 4 it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to, to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed you may, also, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Don't be surprised when this happens. This is kind of a worldwide thing here. Don't be surprised when it happens. Be prepared. Don't think it's strange when bad things happen in your life. In other words, don't let this be something you do for two weeks. If this is something you just do for two weeks, what good is it going to do? Let this be your mindset. This should be the mindset of every Christian, of everyone here, of everyone in the world. That our minds be set on things above. Finally, in Romans chapter 8, the verse we read this morning says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you want to go through a period of isolation, if you want to go through quarantine stronger than you were when you went in, you need to have a spiritual mindset. And I hope, like me, throughout this study, you've realized now, this has nothing to do with quarantine. This has nothing to do with isolation. This has to do with our mindset. This has to do with our goals. This has to do with the everyday living of a Christian, of a child of God. To set your affections on things above. To be careful who you spend time around. To be careful about what influences you. It has nothing to do with the virus. It has to do with our dedication to God. Will we be spiritually minded or will we be carnally minded? Let me tell you, not if, but when you have a period of isolation. I want you to be spiritually minded. I want you to grow closer to God. I don't want you to take a step back. I don't want you to spend time afterwards trying to get closer to God, regaining ground back to where you were before. I want you to be closer to God. As I said before, I tried my absolute hardest not to let my opinions or my beliefs get in the way. I simply want to look at the Word of God. And it seems clear that it's important. It's important where we where we are on Sunday. It's important who we spend time with. It's important where we set our affection, where we keep our minds. It's important. But we need each other. 
me tell you, if, if you're not here, where's the hearing? If you're not here, where is the seeing? Where are the feet? Where are the hands? Where are the eyes and the ears? We need each other, brothers and sisters. These are my thoughts this afternoon. I, I hope that you'll take these to heart if and when this, this may occur to you. It's, it's real. You know, it was something that I didn't think was a big deal until, until I went through it. Shame on me for that. I didn't think it was going to be a spiritual test. I didn't think it was going to be a spiritual issue. And it was a challenge. It was a challenge that I just needed a little bit of preparedness for.